You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow the podcast on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. The number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. We are live on YouTube Friday This is what we do every Friday to get you set for Packers-Bears coming up on Sunday. It is a rivalry game with the number one spot in the NFC North up for grabs. We will be live on YouTube right after the game as well. Win, lose, or draw. Hopefully it's not the second two, but we can talk about all of that when we get there. We got some injury news on Friday. We always start our Friday shows there. Kevin King, not going to play. Matt LaFleur telegraphed it a little bit. Russell Douglas, recently brought in, is going to be active. Whether or not he gets the start, we will see. The Packers have some options there. And and it's not just where do you start at the boundary corner to replace Kevin King. Because they might play Russell Douglas, and if it were me, I'd be going, well, you know who our best nickel left is? It's Darnell Savage. Well, we can't play him there because he's the safety. Well, Vernon Scott is back this week, and he's shown some nice things both deep and in the box. He is a solid tackler. Um, he, He can read his keys. I like going to some three safety big nickel looks where Darnell Savage is a slot defender, where he's in that star role, which he excelled at at Maryland. He was outstanding. I believe the best slot cover player in the Big Ten, if not the country, one of the best in the country when he was doing that. It is something that he has plenty of experience doing. In fact, Jerry Gray, the Packers DB coach, said he he wants to do it. He would love to be doing that. And and um, that is certainly an option for Green Bay. But the, the question remains, where do you go on the boundary? Do you go Rasul Douglas? I think Rasul Douglas is a better option than moving Chen and Sullivan outside. Uh, Quinton Dunbar probably has not had enough time to really be out there. You want to play him in dime or something like that? Like, I guess go ahead. But it doesn't seem like the best use of your resources. Russell Douglas has been in the building. Longer term, sure, maybe Quentin Dunbar is it. It's important to remember that Dunbar was not uh, with a team. Russell Douglas was. He was on a practice squad. So there is that difference. I, I like the the built-in advantage of having been with the club. The extra week, I think that matters. Um, I think Matt LaFleur telegraphed this a little bit. And that is going to be an important part of what they do this week because Justin Fields has flashed some big time ability to push the ball down the field. That means you cannot bust coverages. If you bust coverages, you allow Fields to play to his strengths, which is pushing it, but into lighter windows. And I do not think that is what the Packers want to do. You want him, if he's going to make throws, make him make wow throws. If he's going to make wow throws, God bless him. You tip your hat to him. You say, good job, good effort. And you you try and get him on the next play. 
The Packers are going to have to find ways to pressure him with four. I think you blitz him. I think you give him exotic looks. You show six-man pressure and you bring four. You show four-man pressure and you bring slot. You bring corner. You bring linebacker pressure. You, you do different kinds of things. This is what Sean Desai, the Bears defensive coordinator, is so good at doing. They have been really good at rushing four with the way that they can game up things up front. You play Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn on the same side and you run a little game. There are a lot of different ways that you can do this. And I think the Packers can find a number of them. They've been really good, I thought, with Joe Barry finding ways to create pressure and to manufacture pressure when they need it. I think they can get pressure with four. But I think you want to speed Justin Fields up. Against a rookie quarterback, there are two schools of thought, right? You rush four and drop seven. Make him read every play out. And against the banged up offensive line, you've got Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary. Just let those guys go hunt. That's a pretty good plan. Uh, The other plan would be uh, go after Justin Fields. He processes a little slowly. And it's not just that he processes slowly. He wants the big play. So he, rather than hit the check down, will wait for it to get open downfield. Sound like anyone that you have watched play for the last... 15 years. <laughs> this is this is a, a diametrically opposed viewpoint. The good news is you can do both. You can rush four and drop seven on some plays. You can blitz the daylights out of him on other plays. And I think Green Bay will take a mixed approach to attacking Justin Fields. The offensive line part of this is also important. Josh Myers is back. And that, given what Lucas Patrick has done this season... Is huge. It's huge. It can't. It can't go understated. He is a significant upgrade over what they were getting from Lucas Patrick. And so, Royce Newman in the in the run game, he hasn't been great, but in the passing game, he's terrific. And Josh Myers, he's been good run and pass. And then let's say you get Elton Jenkins back. He's questionable, but worked in a limited fashion all week, worked last week. Uh, we don't have that many examples that I can think of. And I, I I went back and tried to look and find if there were guys who, who were limited for two straight weeks and didn't play after that second week. And, and I thought I found a Kevin King game, but he actually ended up playing some snaps that week, I believe. So uh, two weeks if he's practicing, seems like enough. But they they have the options with Josh Neisman and, and John Runyon Jr. They have the blueprint of how to handle these defenses. And I think, frankly, San Francisco's front is better than Chicago's. It's not by a lot. But I think to have, you know, Bosa and Armstead, um, that that is is a big difference. But it it, it is uh, this season, Robert Quinn's been, been playing good. He's been playing good football. So credit them for that. Green Bay's offensive line is going to play better than the Bears' offensive line. The question is, what is that delta going to be on the defensive line? How much better is the Bears' defensive front going to play than Green Bay's? And how much does the the gap between the two offensive lines allow Green Bay's to play better than it otherwise would? And how much does that gap in the offensive line keep the Bears from playing as well as they would otherwise play? And so... This trench battle comes down to which group plays better. And and this is not a secret. If if you've been listening to me, like my guy Leo all the time here, uh, then then you know where I stand on this. This this week is about winning the pass rush battle. If your group is better than their group, and that is 
you know, just in straight productivity, if you can, if you can pressure Justin Fields more than the Bears can pressure Aaron Rodgers, you're going to win. And, and more than that, I think you need to do, you need to, if you're the Bears, you need to pressure Rodgers like a lot more because Fields is such a different quarterback under pressure. So is Rodgers, but Rodgers is going to hit a couple of these. You might bring a pressure and he might still hit it over the top. He's really good at identifying pre-snap where stuff is coming from. And if they're going to do that overload pressure, if they're going to put Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack on the same side, then okay. There's a lot of this offense that is pre-snap RPO and Rodgers has full discretion at the line of scrimmage. So get out of that play, get to the run play opposite where you probably have numbers and go downhill. The Packers are going to want to run the ball. Now, the other thing, and Zach Cruz, friend of the podcast, pointed this out is when the Bears don't bring pressure, they don't cover well. This is, the, I believe, the 28th ranked coverage unit by Pro Football Focus in terms of grade. It is a certainly a bottom 10 unit. They have Jalen Johnson and a bunch of guys at corner. And the safeties are incredibly inconsistent. Eddie Jackson is a splash player who has become more and more inconsistent since he's lost Adrian Amos. He is big play or big play given up. And the, the Bears have two of the top five defenders in terms of passer rating when targeted. So this is a chance to exploit this defensive backfield if you can have time to throw. And even when the Packers have had some offensive line disadvantages having to play backups, they've found ways to manufacture offense to get throws down the field quickly and also get just get throws out quickly. Matt LaFleur said you got to execute them better. Some of them you just have to execute better. And, and that's just going to be part of the deal. They, they have to execute better full stop. And not like they have to be world beaters against this, this Chicago Bears team, who frankly has not been, to my eyes at least, that impressive. I mean, let's just let's just call it what it is. They they haven't been that impressive. And defensively, you know, the, the front has has been productive. We've talked a lot about how a lot of those numbers I, I have real questions about. You're talking about a bottom 10 group in in pressure percentage, 20th in pass rush win rate, and yet they're a top team in sacks. They are converting pressures at an unsustainable rate. And if they don't convert pressures to sacks, you can carve them up. Hello, that's where Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams make all their money. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. So as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on to get that bonus from football, basketball, bas- basketball right around the corner, boxing, golf, your favorite Las Vegas casino games. They're all there for you at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, Bet Online, where the game starts. So we, we already have some, some people in the chat. If you're not with us on YouTube, I ask again, why not? Um, this question is from Trav. Uh, can we finally see some pre-snap motion? My expectation is, when the offensive line gets healthy, we will start to see a different version of this offense. And maybe that starts this week. 
Maybe Elton Jenkins back at left tackle allows them to play more under center, allows them to go to more of that jet motion, to go to more of that heavy play action that this offense killed teams with last year and killed the Bears with, by the way. Now, I think they can spread the Bears out and say, we're just going to identify matchups and pick you apart. I think they can win that way. But you you had so many opportunities last year. Layups. I mean, layups. Those have been eliminated from this offense a little bit. And part of that is because of the way the teams are defending those boot actions. And there's, there's a lot of reasons for it. But uh, I think the offensive line, we need to see what this offensive line looks like or what this offense looks like when the offensive line gets healthy. And then I think we can start going, Okay, this is what's really changed about this offense. Uh, We have a question here. Think Jalen Smith is going to get significant snaps this game. I don't. Significant? No. I mean, Matt LaFleur refused to even say that he would play. And he did outright say Russell Douglas is going to be active. So, you know, he said he was in the mix. What does that mean? What does that mean, really? The thing is, is Devondre Campbell's been playing awesome football. He's a pro bowler linebacker this year. Chris Barnes, when he's been healthy, has been really good this year. So they don't really need him. The question is going to be, can they put together some pressure package looks where Jalen is a blitzer? You know, these third down, could he be the dime linebacker? Could he take that spot from Oren Burks? I think that's the most likely thing to see happen. But he's only been in the building, what, eight days? So it's a it's a tall task, and he's not going to play special teams. So then, you know, why, why is he active on game day? My expectation is he will not be active, and then next week is when we start to get to, to see what, this, what the situation is with him, what he can bring, and all that stuff. Uh, Mikey Riggs want offensive versus defensive line analysis. I think we went over that in, in the, the top of the show. Um, I will say... If there's one place where I think Green Bay has a market advantage, uh, it is with Kenny Clark. He gives them an advantage every week because the best interior guys in the league can't block him. Alex Mack couldn't do it. Frank Ragnow couldn't do it. None of these guys could do it. So if, if the best centers and guards in the league can't block him, no one can block him. And, and the Bears interior offensive line is not good. It's not good. Their offensive line is not good. I think they can do a lot of rushing for and dropping seven and baiting Justin Fields to make some bad throws. I think you're going to see a lot of six-man pressure looks that end up being four and they still get free rushers, slide protections the wrong way, scheme up one-on-one matchups. I think that's that's where Green Bay can live this week, but they're also going to come after him. Uh, on the other side, you know, look, the, the the Bears are really good at scheming up these looks. Sean Desai has been awesome at creating these games. Um, Matt Bowen did a really great breakdown on NFL matchup. I retweeted a clip of it where they showed, okay, this is what they're able to do because they're playing with what you think is coming. They're going, okay, you need to slide left. We know you're going to slide left. And so we actually have this built-in game on the backside to create a free rusher on the right. This is this is the epitome of what it means to play a cat and mouse game. This is, you know, that's a cliche, of course, but that's what they mean when they say that it's. And and if you're Aaron Rodgers, you you're the ultimate trump card. If you have that guy, because he's seen it all before. I mean, Desai is not doing anything that Vic Fangio didn't used to do and that Brandon Staley hasn't tried. I mean, that's not to say that Desai is not a really good coach and and he is has a very bright future as one of the, by all accounts, rising stars in the league. But when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, when it comes to Tom Brady, when it comes to these top level quarterbacks, you're just not going to fool them that many times. 
And so Green Bay has to communicate well. Rodgers has to be able to be ID, ID what's going on well, and he's going to. But then it's, does everyone get the call? Hostile environment in Chicago. You know, there's, there's, it's going to be a lot of Bears fans. Now, a lot of Packers fans too, but it's going to be loud. You're going to have to communicate well. And I, that, that is, I think, my biggest concern with the protection. Not can they, can they match up one-on-one or, you know, if they're going to go to these bigger protections, are you going to chip release with big Bob Tunyon? Another reason they're not able to run their full offense is they got to use two tight ends more than, than they might otherwise because Mercedes Lewis has got a block because big Bob Tunyon has got a chip release. We, we have not seen the true offense yet. And uh, I think that that even makes this hard to break down some of those analysis because I think they're going to go to five man protection a lot more uh, when they have all their guys. All right. Um, we have some more here. Cobb going to get his first hundred yard game of the season this Sunday. He kind of owns the Bears. I mean, he kind of he kind of owns the Bears. So, I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't be surprising. Wouldn't be surprising. By any means. And Rodgers has, in big moments, gone to him. There, There is no, and I was saying this the other day offline, there is no one who is happier to be playing the Bears this week than Randall Cobb. Two of his biggest plays in his career have been against the Bears. Two of the biggest plays in Packers-Bears rivalry, modern rivalry history, belong to Randall Cobb. And... I, I don't trust their slot defenders to guard Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb. doesn't matter who you put in the slot. They're not going to be able to handle those guys. So I, I do think this could be a big day. And part of it is because I think they're going to need him. Uh, I think they're going to play 11 personnel a lot to attack those corners. MBS still not ready to go. Um, Malik Taylor is out. Not that he was going to play a lot offensively anyway, but it, it, it adds some depth problems for your offense. And so... Matt LaFleur is, is probably going to be looking for ways to mitigate that. Get get someone like Cobb in there a bunch in this game, especially when the Bears pass rush is real. And maybe had, had Cobb been more acclimated against the 49ers, they would have gone to him more in the quick passing game. But he's still a third down, huge third down threat. So even 100, 100 yards, like that's not the that's not the identifier. It's did he make impactful plays? And basically for a month straight now, he has made at least one, but usually multiple impactful plays uh, in, in, in these games. And I think that's just going to continue. All right, this is from Graham Dick, Dyke. Hmm, I don't know. Why haven't we seen Tanya as much this year? Part of it is because they haven't gone to their traditional offense. A lot of what Tanya did was play action, leak out, to open space in the red zone, for example, or spread it out and Tanyan works in the slot against the linebacker. They're not doing that as much this year. He's having to chip. He's working in the run game more. They're not using him the same way they did last year. And I think a big part of it has to do with the offensive line. They just don't trust these guys out on an island. If you had Bakhtiari and Jenkins, and even, even with those two rookies, I think you'd, you'd just be like, okay, we live in five-man protection. But they're not able to do that. And you you look at it last week, some of the biggest blunders that they had in the red zone came because Tanya was asked to block. They need to get back to formations, to personnel groupings, and to plays 
that allow their guys to be at their best. And, and they have had to subvert that plan to account for some weaknesses other places. And I think that's part of why you're just not seeing the same level of play from, from Tunyon this year. Michael Kramer says, Jalen Johnson will be following Devontae all game. I, I don't know if that's true. I, I will say I would not bet on it, in fact. I think they they will probably do it some, but it, it, it's pretty rare in any case for someone to take someone all game. I mean, that is just not something that that any team really does that much anymore. Even if they're playing man, you know, it's it's not a it's not a true match. Even the teams that are man heavy, about like sixty percent, seventy percent on the high 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 end. So it's it's not going to be that simple. And that's why you need Randall Cobb in this game. That's why you need Alan Lazard in this game. You need these other guys to make some plays because as it is every game, the Bears are going to be geared up to stop 1-7. So you have to have some answers. You have to have some counters. And Green Bay, to their credit, they always do. They always do. And Devontae, much like Randall Cobb in recent years, has owned the Bears. You think of that fourth down slot fade for a touchdown. I mean, they they don't have answers for him. Uh, there was that guy who got dragged on Twitter uh, today that was like, oh, Devontae struggles versus press. Like, by according to who and by whom and like, what are you talking about? Uh, I, I, I don't understand that. Devontae has, he has ascended to a different level this year. I, I don't care who's on him. I don't. He can get open. Prime Dion, I don't care. He can do, and, and by the way, Prime Dion doesn't play in this game. Prime Revis is, does not exist here. Even Jalen Ramsey, who's playing in the slot a lot more, he's not following guys. And let him follow Devontae. They created plenty of positive matchups for the Packers in, in the NFC Divisional round by doing that. So Mike Patton was, he would say, he said, like, I don't like doing it because it creates predictability. You know what coverage we're going to be in. And even if it's, oh, we're actually zoning around, it's like a box and one, basically, and teams do that to Devontae, it's still a tell that I know Devontae has man coverage. So he's going to beat that. Highest graded pro football focus receiver against man coverage this season, I believe. Top three at, at least. Chase might be number one after last week. So, like, I don't care. And I don't think the Packers care if Jalen Johnson, I mean, if Jalen Johnson is going to follow Devontae Adams around, God bless. God bless. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, truly the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar right now. The chocolate chip cookie dough chunk is the limited time flavor. Go check that out. Unbelievable. They do such a good job with these limited edition flavors. It really is unbelievable. And they have the fruit and chocolate flavors. Your raspberries, your coconuts, not a fruit, your cherry barcias, your strawberries, your orange, and your dessert decadent flavors, your double caramel, your double chocolates, your salted caramels, your cookies and cream, and yet all high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar. It is a miracle of modern science. I I say that and people might not believe me. I didn't believe me until I got them and started eating them. They are the truth. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at built.com. All right, a uh, question from Jacob Munson here. Why do you think Amari Rogers isn't being featured more? When will he actually take a jet handoff? Jacob. 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand it. Um, he has not been good as a punt returner. He is out there mostly as a jet sweep decoy. And I just, like I made the joke during the Bengals game, I'm once again asking for you to hand the jet one time. They've, I think they've done it actually one time in garbage time in week one to Randall Cobb. Jordan Love gave it to Randall Cobb. Why? Like, show it, make them respect it, and then do all the stuff that plays off it. I don't, I don't understand why they haven't done it more. I don't know if it's because they don't, they don't trust the guys doing it or what, but like, that's what you brought Randall Cobb for. That's what you drafted Amara Rogers for. Matt LaFleur said explicitly, like having Randall Cobb will allow us to, and us being the Packers to use Amari Rogers in a more creative way. Where is that? Where are the backfield snaps for Randall Cobb, for Amari Rogers? I mean, they did it. They showed the, the fake RPO into uh, the, the middle screen that, that our, you know, our friend Dusty Evely wrote about with Kylan Hill. That was a cool design. More of that, please. And there's a lot more of that that I think they can be doing. I don't know why they're just not doing it. I don't know if it's, if it's you know, a, a Rodgers thing, doesn't want to play that style of offense. If Matt LaFleur is overthinking this, if Nathaniel Hackett is like, let's do more traditional West Coast stuff. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, they need to find ways to get him the ball. Find ways to get Amari Rodgers the ball and see what he can do. I mean, you, you don't have that many guys who can make guys miss with the ball in their hands. It's Devontae Adams, it's Randall Cobb, and then we'll see on Amari. And so, see. We can't see unless we see. So, it's just, it's something that that I'm surprised we haven't seen. Uh, Matt Cruson says, would you match up Stokes with Robinson or Mooney or just play a side? Interesting question here. Mooney, I, I was looking at a fantasy analysis. Darnell Mooney actually has a higher fantasy points expectation this season, which means he's had more opportunities for yards and touchdowns than Allen Robinson. Part of that is Robinson is hurt, and he's been hurt this week. Akeem Hicks also hurt. Khalil Mack also hurt. It sounds like the expectation is those guys are going to play, but they're not 100%. I, this is a the very interesting question to me because Eric Stokes is the guy on this team, the guy, especially given the injuries. If it were, if Jair Alexander were on the field, you'd play sides and you'd feel good about it. But Eric Stokes right now of this corner group is the only guy who could run with Mooney down the field. Now, I don't think they're going to play a ton of man. I think they're going to do a lot of too high safety, quarter stuff, cover two, make Justin Fields, make shot throws, make him read it out, you know, confuse him pre-snap and post-snap with safety movement and all that stuff. So, you know, do you, do you need to do that? Do you need to put Stokes on that side? But if you're going to play quarters, you know, you might not have safety help. You know, maybe cover two is, is the better play there. Press these guys, make Justin Fields, make these whole shot throws to the sidelines. Don't let him make throws down the middle of the field. They don't have a tight end who can work the middle of the field, work the seam. So if it were me, I mean, I'm playing a bunch of cover two and just saying, we dare you, Justin. We dare you. I, I, I speculated this on Twitter. Like, would you do that? I think you could. I mean, I think in certain situations, you know, third down for sure. But then on third down, like isn't on third and six, isn't Allen Robinson the guy that, that they want to get the ball to? So it's going to be, again, sorry for the cliche, a cat and mouse game. Like you're, you're just going to have to get a little bit lucky with this stuff defensively. I think if you try and go too matchy-matchy, you're just putting yourself in a disadvantageous situation because you're out of what you want to be. Now, now, Eric Stokes can play these guys press man. 
especially Mooney, because the speed is not going to bother him. Uh, I think Allen Robinson, who's a better route runner, you know, maybe a little more susceptible, but he's their power guy. He's their power forward. So let Russell Douglas, who's 6'2 and, you know, 200 pounds, let him bang with Allen Robinson. Let Stokes run with Mooney and dare them to make throws down the field. That's that's how I see it. So I, I said on on the crossover yesterday that that I had this, you know, in that like 23 to 17 kind of range. With Josh Myers back and Elton Jenkins looking like a good bet to play. And maybe I'm overstating how how likely he is to play. I like the Packers big in this game. I like them big, and I, and I'm, I, people are going to get mad at me, but I was trying trying to think, and I, and this is something that I that I do a lot when I'm trying to pick games and when I'm trying to decide these matchups. What is the path to the Bears winning this game by ten? What is it? I mean, the Packers just like pee down their legs. That could happen, I suppose, but it would it would require a full scale meltdown from the Packers. I don't know that there's anything really or Justin Fields just like plays out of his mind. But even then, it's like, well, but you can pressure him. And so if he hits a couple throws like, okay, now it's pressure time and he's just not going to play as well. So I don't see that. But could I see the Packers winning by 10, by 14, by 20? Yes. Yes. The Bears have not scored over 20 points. I think it's I think it's one time this year. And the Packers have scored under 25 one time this year. Like if the Packers play their B minus game, they score 24 points. If they play their A game, they score 30, 35. Because the DBs are not good. The safeties are inconsistent. And if you can block up this front, they're not going to blitz you a lot. If you can block up that four, they're susceptible. You can you can get what you want in this game offensively. So I am amending this. I, I 23 to 17 was what I initially said. 17 is still a good number to me for the Bears. Backup running backs, you know, Damian Williams is out now on the on the COVID list. So they've got a rookie running back and a practice squad guy at running back. They 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 lose their their right tackle. Uh, I believe to COVID as well. I I just don't I don't see it. So I'm going to change my pick. I got this 27 to 17. I think Green Bay is able to score points. I think this is a a game that is nip and tuck. You know, maybe it's a game that's 24 17 late, and the Packers come down and Mason Crosby gets a field goal to ice it, or it's a game where it's 20 to 17 late and the Packers get a touchdown to ice it. I think it's going to be a close ish game that the Packers ultimately just are too good and and prevail in. So that's that's where I am with this game. So we'll be back next week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. To stay Locked on Packers.